the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie and Benno. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com. I'm your host Martin Bushby and joining me is Ollie Court and Benno is off on holiday this week so taking his place from the indie corner is JP Houlihan. JP, welcome to the show this week. Thank you very much Martin, pleasure to be here. No, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. And uh, Ollie and JP, I mean, before we get into the wrestling, the uh, World Cup kicks off this weekend. And JP, I know you're a massive football fan. Uh, how do you yep. think England are going to do this time around? Oh, do you know what? I'm quietly optimistic that they'll mm. get to the quarterfinals, which in itself isn't optimistic. I think there's a lot more to like about this side. There's a bit less pressure, which is quite nice. Um but yeah, they're not going to win it. Let's be honest. <laughs> who, who were the, who, I haven't followed football in years. I used to have a, mm. an old. I used to have a season ticket for Rotherham United when they were in the old Division Four, showing my age there. Um, <laughs> who were the favourites this year, anyway? Oh, I mean, it's the usual kind of bag. So, I mean, your Brazil's, Germany, Argentina, France, Spain. The the kind of usual selection. There's not as many dark horses necessarily. I mean, there's, there's some very good there's some very good nations, but there isn't like kind of a standout team going into this World Cup. So it's it should be if all the big guns kind of get through to the quarters, it should be a kind of a pretty much open lottery from from that point. Yeah, I mean, Ollie is a uh, football something you keep keep a, a track on. Have you got a team or anything? Uh, um, well, I'm a very, very soft Liverpool fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> keeping with my other co-podcaster, Rob Reed, who's a, a big fan of theirs. Um, and I'm just very, very silently follow them. Um, yeah, oh, I'm you sure kept I'll that one watch. quiet from Benno, the Everton fan, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly, I don't want to divide opinions. Um, but I'll probably end up watching like Tunisia versus Saudi Arabia at some point for mm. no reason, just because there's nothing else to do. My girlfriend lived in Peru for a year. So <laughs> one of the intentions I have is like, I'm kind of, she's all in on Peru, but hates football, but she's happy to watch Peru games. So I can see myself kind of thinking, well, that's a way of keeping an interest in the talk, <laughs> her interested in it, if Peru do well. So go Peru. Yeah, it's, well, it's one of these things I always say I'm never going to watch it and then I end up watching every match. So uh, yeah, I'll see mm. how it goes this year. But anyway, moving on to uh, what we're here to talk about um, is over-the-top wrestling. I mean, on the last show, we talked about OTT Scrappermania 4 and um, and they were back on the 2nd of June at the soon-to-be-demolished Tivoli in Dublin. And they, this show was mm-hmm. called a haven for monsters and i mean before we get into the show i mean top to bottom it was an absolute cracker this show really enjoyed it and um, we'll talk a bit about the tivoli venue i mean it might have seen better days and i've sadly never been there live but i mean this has been home to a number of ott shows over the years and the atmosphere on tape always seems to be second to none i mean we talk about how good the crowds are for progress and British promotions, but OTT, it seems to be on another level. I mean, some moments in the show, you can barely hear the commentary over the crowd. I mean, so it'll be a shame to see the Tivoli go, and hopefully OTT can find a similar venue in Dublin. I mean, JP, you, you managed mm-hmm. to make it over there to the Tivoli for an OTT show, haven't you? I haven't been over to the Tivoli. It was at the National Stadium. Ah. That was for WrestleRama. I want to go to the Tivoli. I don't know how many is it. How many shows are left before it's closing down? I think you can count them on your finger. I think they've only got like three or four to go. 
Okay, so it's it's. I'd love to go over for it because, like you say, just sound it, absolutely electric atmosphere. Really good location as well. I think it, it's kind of very much sort of central Dublin, mm. so it's it seems e- easier um, to get to. And those kind of venues are kind of a, really at a premium. There's not too many of them. The National Stadium's probably a like bit too big and on, on a regular basis. I imagine the rent's quite expensive as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, definitely would would love to get over beforehand. And um, we've seen various OTT fans. I know a um, lot of the OTT regulars were came over to WXW for 16 Carat, and they're just like a great bunch of fans to have at your show. They're like the right side of Rowdy, which is great. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully, fingers crossed, when they do find a new venue, it's something they're just going to be able to to kind of carry on the head of steam they've got from these Tivoli shows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, moving on to the show itself, I mean, as noted before, this was a great card from top to bottom. Tons of variety on this show. But um, let's start off with the main event, which was Walter and Loki facing off against Jordan Devlin and David Starr. I mean, Starr and Devlin seem to have formed quite the friendship. They had their own T-shirts on. Starr even lifted Devlin into the ring dirty dancing style. But um, after the intros, it was down to business. I mean, you get what you expect with a Walter match. Chops galore on his nemesis David Starr. Low-key looking as good as he did in his ROH heyday era, I thought. I mean, for me, the most interesting point of the match was um, the exchanges between Walter and Devlin. Devlin, obviously, as we've discussed on the show before, is the ace of OTT, but he's never come up against Walter before and his his offense just had no effect on the big Austrian and Devlin was getting wiped out by one chop I mean the teasers in this show I mean we're going to get a Walter Devlin singles match down the line I mean Devlin even tapped out to Walter at the end I mean fantastic match overall really built up a future confrontation between Devlin and Walter here Ollie. Yeah, what a way to build to a big singles match and what a way to introduce Walter to Ireland and the OTT world. Um, like, all the fans gave him a big response because, like, they knew it was a big deal for him coming over. And he, yeah, he just feels like a really big deal wherever he goes now. Like, what, what a guy 2018 has just been his. He's absolutely grabbed the opportunities he's been presented with around the world. And it's great to see him in that OTT environment and, you know, we went on and on uh, a couple of weeks ago about how great the uh, Devlin's LSJ match and build and but just the way they presented that was. And now they get to do it all over again with Devlin's next challenger. What a way to build up a new challenger for him tapping out to, <laughs> to just a mean looking submission hold, um, showing some vulnerability for the first time since he became champion. And I mean, I'm salivating for that match now. That's going to be a very, very anticipated match for me um, as this Devlin reign just keeps getting better and better. I mean, JP, you were a big ROH fan back in the day. What does uh, mm-hmm. Loki, seeing Loki mean to you these days? Oh, it um, means a hell of a lot. Um, I wasn't, I'm, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to the um, Fight Club Pro show that they had where he was on recently there. Mm. Um, he just turns up. And it is when he turns you know, up. When he turns <laughs> up. When he does turn if. up, it's yeah, it's always a big if with him. Um he he does he delivers. Like for me, he's he always has that aura about him. And I mean him and Walter as a tag team was something I was I was quietly excited about. And what I liked about it was the fact you had this different, you had the, the really nice dynamic between Devlin and Star with the t-shirts and the best friends stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll always kind of 
pop for watching low-key matches still to this day, regardless of the terrible reputation he has at points. Um, but I thought in in this match, I mean, obviously he was able to kind of hang with everybody else there, but it really did feel for me like the Walter Devlin stuff was the was the kind of central focus of the mm. match. And as Ollie said before, they they've built up in a way like they did with the the Zach match to a, another cracking main event in what's turning out to be a really what it's hopefully going to be with that match a cracking world title run exactly and uh moving away from the main event we do this show is full of highlights um damian corvin taking on sean guinness i mean this match really took me by surprise i mean corvin in singles action air away from his usual kings of the north tag team partners and um i mean barris say i've never even heard of uh or seen sean guinness before but he really impressed me in this one and uh two had a fantastic match i mean ollie it seems uh seems i've really been sleeping on guinness here well, yeah, he's a full-timer in the Zero One promotion in Japan, which probably makes tape like four times a year. So just nobody outside of Japan or nobody with uh, no connection to Japanese TV will ever see him. And like I've heard of him before, but I've never actually seen a full match of his. And that's a great shame because, I mean, he proved here that he is tremendous. It was certainly a great addition to the show to have him. And we were actually talking about this yesterday. Um mm-hmm. In, in the private chat for the <laughs> it would be such a big boon to OTT to have him around full time or at least more often than they have because he's you know if you look at his cage match he's been in Japan all year up to this point um, but if they can book him more steadily going forward and build up to something with him you know they have someone to challenge Devlin there in terms of being an, an, an Irish domestic talent but on that main event level you know we've been talking a lot about how they have really good Irish wrestlers, but none of them are really on that level yet. They're all undercard guys right now, um, except the Kings of the North, but they're sort of a different case being in a tag team. Um, but Sean Guinness is the kind of guy who can match up to Devlin in those main events. They could build to an all-Irish main event and make it a really big deal for a national stadium show coming up if they can get Guinness around. JP is Guinness someone who's been on your radar before. I was looking through Cage Match and it appears mm. that um, you used to have a tag team with Devlin, something they've been doing on the uh, on the Belfast shows uh, for OTT, and it seems he appeared for Red Pro a few years ago. Is this someone who you've seen before? Do you know it isn't? I was kind of I was I I heard the name and I would have possibly read about him at various times, but it was the first time I'd seen him in a match. Um, I think the first thing I was struck by is the fact he, he kind of looked like. Puck, uh, there was like a physical similarity Hmm. with him. Obviously, he he wrestles a a very different style. Um, And he was such a pleasant surprise. I mean, I I didn't have all of the expectations. I'd heard you you guys were talking about this in the chat. And then so when I got around to seeing it, I was like, oh, my God. It was was such... um, it felt very fresh, even though these two had had their match. Was it on the debut card for OTT? They'd had a match... um, yeah, that's what they said on the commentary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but Corbin had beaten Guinness before, so they'd gone 1-1 now. And I agree with Ollie, um here in the sense that you can really build Guinness up as a guy um, to kind of beat an All-Irish Challenger, which I wouldn't have thought, originally I would have thought possibly someone like Corvin, because mm. he seems to be much more of a kind of a project for them to, to build up and something slightly different away from the Kings of the North. Um, you've also got your, your Michael Mays and your, and your LJ Clearies, who would perhaps be somewhat more um, familiar choices to go with. 
But instead, there was something about Guinness that immediately stood up. The crowds were were into him as well. And obviously, there's some very long-term fans who would perhaps remember him from that debut show. But on the whole, like there was he, his his groundwork was good. He was able to do um, some good aerial work as well. I think he brought the best out of Corvin, who's a bit rougher around the edges yeah. than um, than Guinness. But Corvin again is someone who, if you want to build up to another all Irish um, match as well, he would be somewhere perhaps in a year's time where you would get to that place with him because he's got himself into really tremendous shape. Mm. And by the end of it, I was I was really impressed. And it was one of those matches on a like you say a stacked card that really stood out. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully we'll see more of Guinness. I mean, I know he's um, appearing on a show for them in June, I think, so hopefully uh, we'll be seeing more of him as, uh, as the months go on. And uh, moving on now to uh, the Rapture uh, team of Zach Gibson, Shaw Samuel and Charlie Sterling taking on Team OTT, Pete Dunn, Mark Haskins and a, and a mystery partner. I mean, before Team OTT's mystery partner was revealed, the Rapture were getting nuclear heat. I mean, Gibson doing his <laughs> usual uh, stick, but then also questioning why two British guys were representing OTT, the Irish promotion, and then the three of them trying to do a rendition of God Save the Queen was uh, was obviously um, drowned out by the crowd booing them. And then even better than this was the reaction of uh, Dunn and Haskins as their uh, tag team partner was revealed to be the returning Session Moth Martina, who's been away in Japan touring with stardom. I mean, really enjoyed this one, Ollie. The crowd were all over the rapture, and I really found the exchange between Martina and her tag partners as they both looked disgusted to be even near here, nearer, rather, uh, quite amusing. Yeah, it's good to see what they're doing with the rapture. Um, remember back in February, I think it was, they had that big uh, steel cage main event mm. where the cage went about 100 feet into the air, or <laughs> seemingly. Um, and yeah, obviously Gibson's like a really big star now, so it's always good to lean on someone like him. Um, get Obviously working the British heat, which has always been a part of OTT since the beginning, is leaning on the, the comedic but uh, still vicious British characters slagging off Ireland. Um Session Mark Martina being back, I can't, you know, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of that. Um, and sort of, I'm not a huge fan of the way uh, OTT are doing their women's division. Like, obviously, they've gotten unlucky with a Sami Jane injury. Um, mm. But the way they slotted the Sami Jane Valkyrie match and sort of putting these intergender matches above the women or women's matches doesn't seem like the best idea ever. Um, but yeah, what they're doing with Haskins is pretty cool now. They've sort of rehabbed him as a character. Um, and at the end as well, they teased him cashing in his weird golden contract thing <laughs> that he won at the last show. Yeah. Um, essentially money in the bank. And that's a much more compelling Haskins than just like champion guy who he was last year. I mean, uh, were you happy to see Martina back here, uh, JP? Are you a fan of the character or do you feel like it's run its course now? For me, it's run its course. Um, I can think. I will think back to what uh, something you guys said a few months ago, where there's probably the element of familiarity mm. of almost seeing her on too many shows. Um, uh, I don't know if if Ollie is, but I'm somewhat scarred by her match still with Vader Scott in WSW. <laughs> That, yeah, um, yeah. It <laughs> sticks in the mind for those of us who who were there to see it live. It's, it's quite unbelievably bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, the the character. There are different ways she takes it, whether it be for the session goth or here for the booze away. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think 
it still needs it needs something kind of fresher because they're just kind of extensions on the same theme. And for me, and it's probably down to an overexposure issue that I've I've seen her wrestle so many times that it isn't something that I would get excited for. And when she first came in, I kind of knew to kind of not think of her wrestling ability as foremost, but how she was as a character. And I was kind of into that character. And then as time has progressed, it's like, okay, then yeah, three or four years later, where does it go? Like it has has to go beyond just the one note thing, which is fun and fine in of itself. But once you've seen it so many times and she's like the front and center female talent of OTT, you can't just rely on the shtick forever. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. It's relying on the shtick. And it needs to be something different there for this. Because I think even, I get the impression even with that crowd, there's there's, there's elements of them where they're, they're kind of pretty sick of it themselves. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's something that needs to come in because this is... It wouldn't be another year of repeating the same gimmick and the same shtick, and it's going to get it's already kind of tiresome to me. So, God knows what it'll be like come 2019 if this is still the case. Yeah, you could quite easily see um, the crowd sort of turning on her, but um, you know, maybe a heel turn is the way to go. I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that one. But uh, moving on to uh, somebody who I'll confess I'd even forgotten this person existed Dan Barry. I mean, I, I don't watch many US indies. Um, I'd seen his uh, team tremendous tag team in PWG a few years ago and really enjoyed him, but I haven't seen him in years, and he was matching up against be cool here he uh opened the match stating that he felt even though he was an import he couldn't live up to the other guys on the card such as walter and loki and that he wasn't gonna waste people's time but uh be cool had other ideas and we had a, a really fun match on our hands here i mean the crowd was absolutely fantastic for this um i mean they took every song you could fit the name dan into and mm-hmm. sang the hearts out for the entire match i mean be cool picked up the win but that was secondary to a, a really fun match and a, a mega hot crowd here really yeah, maybe Dan Barry can forge a career resuscitation in Ireland, <laughs> moving here full time. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I can't say I've heard of Team Tremendous or Dan Barry in the last three years since <laughs> since they were in Evolve. Um, and I don't think they particularly set the world on fire there, apart from like they obviously had their fans, but I don't think they particularly crossed over into like a wider scale popularity. And I guess that's why they're not on Evolve anymore. Um, but yeah. Like, great to see him getting good reactions in OTT. What, like, obviously, a lot of the OTT undercard is comedy leaning, so maybe he could find his niche in Ireland. Um, but the stuff Be Cool and Angel Cruz are doing is really, really good. You know, they've been having these killer comedy tag team matches, but so perfectly executed. Um, you know, they're sleeper hits in, uh, in OTT right now, and, really really fun to see like a very unique part of their cards that fleshes out the shows jp is a damn by someone who's been on your radar in the past couple of years do you know what only because on the high spots network he does uh, an interview series with chuck taylor ah. gentlemen and that's primarily where I've seen Dan Barry. I mean, there was the last time I seen him was when he did. Uh, was it on the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor show in in New Orleans, where he he came out as what was potentially going to be Chuck Taylor's tag team partner? Maybe. Um, yeah, that that was the last time. So I watched this with very low expectations. I found myself getting really into mm. it, especially when he did the dive over the corner onto everyone i was like oh wow this is this is this was great and the crowd were so into it and he was working really hard 
And it was, I, I enjoyed this much more than I, I thought I was ever going to. And yeah, I'd be happy to kind of see him back. I mean, he's, he's, the role itself is somewhat limited by what he can re- really achieve. This isn't, I don't think Dan Barry is going to be a world champion in the future, but never keep, never give up dreaming, Dan. <laughs> and he is, uh, but as part of a show, and the entertainment value, and like you say, that the fans who were electric all night, mm. it was it was great. Um, I really I really enjoy I enjoy this a lot more than I thought I would do. I mean, uh, any other highlights from the show, Ollie? Before we move on to Red Pro, yeah, I did really enjoy the opening um, with um, Nathan Martin and Darren Kearney versus have I got the same right <laughs> against the uh, team white wolf adam chase and a kid uh white wolf are doing really really good stuff again they're another like act bubbling under in europe kind of the same as arrows of hungary which we'll talk mm-hmm. about in rev pro but you know these these tag teams from spain and hungary respectively you know <laughs> not very well known because of you know where they're based out of but you know coming into the uk having really awesome matches um and this was a really really good way to get me into the show between this sean guinness versus damon corvin and the main event the actual like proper serious wrestling matches on the show were really really excellent and that was um paired with some very good you know comedy undercard stuff as well um so ott really nailed the balance on the show not too much of one not enough of the other um you know they got it really really good and ott are continuing a really good streak of shows here you know they've got their own identity they've got a somewhat unique roster now they're still leaning on imports maybe more than they would like to but they're bringing in that native squad really really well um you know it's been a really upward six months for ott after i was very down on them last year ever since devlin's become the ott champion you know they've been nailing things Mm. Well, yeah, JP, they've certainly had a, a cracking start to 2018. It looks like they're going to continue that into the summer. They've made a number of announcements. Uh, they're going back to the Tivoli on July the 7th, and then today they've announced that um, they've got a show, WrestleRama 2, at the arena on Sir Row, which is the venue they use for their homecoming show with that uh, big cage match we talked about earlier. And uh, Matt Riddle, mm-hmm. the uh, Ishii, is going to be on a part of that show. Certainly a lot to look forward to this summer, isn't there? There is. I'm kind of debating because I turned 40 on the day of the Contenders show. And there's a part of me thinking, is that a good, really great way to spend your 40th birthday going to watch Riddle Ishii? Um, that shows you how much of a ridiculous wrestling fan I am. Um, but yeah, they've, they've really upped the quality. And like I say, like, like you guys have said before, it is the moment that Devlin became champion and it kind of clarified the world title situation. Um, when we when we went over for WrestleRama last year, it was Haskins had, had just become the champion and defeating Ryan Smile and Marty in the three way, um, and it still kind of felt like like Ollie had said before, like it was still a lot more import heavy, and it is still import heavy. But there's a nice gradual introduction of mm. the of the of the Irish wrestlers themselves, which isn't kind of over forced. Um, like can happen when a lot of promotions want to push their particular young talent to the forefront. But a lot of this talent, it feels a lot more organic the way they're developing up the card. And in a year's, you know, if we're thinking about sort of six months to a year's time, I would like to think a lot of their future shows will be leading with all Irish main events. And I, I think there's a, there's enough good 
young wrestlers there um, that they have in order to kind of fill that card up. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think, like you said, they've not been shoving them down our throats with them. It's still gradually building them up. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the coming months. And uh, moving away from uh, Ireland, moving back onto home shores in the UK, uh, Red Pro held their third live in Southampton event um, on the 3rd of June at the 1865 Club. And uh, as we've got so much to cover this week, we haven't really got time to go through the matches match by match, but there were a number of news stories to come out of this, mainly centering around talent signing WWE UK deals and uh, people no longer being able to appear for Red Pro. I mean, first up, we had Ginny losing the Red Pro women's title to Jamie Hayter and uh, Ginny kissed the ring before she left, indicating that this was the last we were going to see of her in the promotion. And then mm. later on in the show, we had Chris Brooks facing off against Walter and uh, Brooks was another wrestler we thought had signed with WWE UK thanks to a, a lot of rumours but he caught promo at the end saying that we won't see him follow Ginny and his tag team partner Travis Banks uh, into WWE UK and uh, he started wrestling because he, he loved British independent wrestling and he's turned down WWE and he's going to be staying where he is. I mean Ollie this was a massive news story coming out thoughts on Brooks not signing this WWE UK deal like a lot of other people have. Yeah, they captured a little bit of lightning in a bottle with this one. Um, and I thought this whole show sort of had a little bit more oomph to it than most, especially RevPro B shows have, um, because of the WWE UK news that had broken just a couple of days before. You know, they were losing Ginny. They'd already lost Travis Banks, um, like, the week before. So, you know, Andy Q came out here wanting to put on, like, a big independent show and really force that idea through and he did so with this big promo chris brooks not really known for his promo ability but he, like he just went passionate from the heart here and it really really worked and like the declaration of independence as they titled it on twitter got like a really good reaction and it sort of defines rev pro's identity now like <laughs> this news has sort of helped them out in a way in firming up an independent identity uh, like as the opposite of wwk for people who aren't into that you know, RevPro was sort of trying to align themselves as, yes, we're, we're the opposite of that. And having Chris Brooks and pushing him as a major act now, you know, he's up against Jay White on the upcoming New Japan shows. Um, you know, they can really do something there. He's got that sort of underground appeal, that independent appeal. He wouldn't really work in WWE, I don't think. No. So I think it's mm-hmm. an awesome get for RevPro to sort of say he's our guy now and not WWE's guy. Um, and then obviously on the reverse side of that, you had Ginny leaving, which was obviously very disappointing for them because they built their entire women's division <laughs> so far in its mm. infancy around her and had to rush the title off her, which, you know, that was something they had in their back pocket to build up to a much bigger title switch, probably in New York Hall. And instead they had to rush it here onto Jamie Hayter um, in an OK match, I thought, but certainly not the way you'd really want to like have such a, a big titles change like you wouldn't want it that to be so rushed and now they'll have to completely rethink what they were doing there so it swings and roundabouts for RevPro. pro they certainly won something from all this but also you know they lost two of their top guys in Ginny and travis so um <laughs> certainly a very newsworthy event even if it didn't appear as such on paper I mean, JP, what are your thoughts on um, WUK people not being able to uh, work Red Pro? It seems to be a, a sort of a, a bit of a weird uh, thing that's come out recently. 
It is. Um, it's something that, that I've spoken about on, on other podcasts and on the Indie Corner one um, in particular about. I'm not – I'm very – this isn't the case where – you know, if you're signing that deal that you're going to be going off to Orlando and going to be sort of in the system around the performance mm. centre with the goal of then reaching the main roster. This appears to be something of kind of keeping people in reserve. Like the aim of it is not because it's based on how good or how talented it is. It's more keeping them away from ITV appears to be the primary, appears to be the primary motivation. Um, I'm very... I'm really happy for Brooks. I mean, I still think Brooks has got a way to go as a singles wrestler at times. Yeah. Um, but he's more likely to improve working Rev Pro as a as a single star, given the kind of the, some of the matches he can have. The fact they've got the access to the to the new Japan talent. The fact that he's he's worked really hard in building this brand and the CCK brand over the last um, few years. If that was the case, he'd almost be having to to give a lot of that up because WWE it would almost kind of keep him in stasis, mm. waiting waiting to see see what would happen with him. But here, you know, here he was he he's up against Walter. Um, you know, it it does feel like there's a kind of chance to really build him up as as the guy. And I've always got the impression with Chris Brooks that WWE wrestling is not for him. No. That wasn't really what he's a fan of. I understand he's a really big Dragon Gate fan. This is someone who's more interested in, in kind of different styles. So I'm glad for him. Whereas I think for Ginny, it's probably good that she enters, you know, that, that being with WWE UK, because I think at times she's kind of felt for me in terms of her matches, she carries a real aura of a star, but her matches tend not to match up to that aura. Yeah, I'd um, agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not, I mean, and they're all young, so there's always the scope for them to get better as well. But I think with this, it's, it's probably, it's it's a it's a good move for Ginny, and I think it's a good move for Chris Brooks not to do that. And I think as, as a result, the kind of goodwill he'll get from more hardcore fans and independent fans who aren't interested in the WWE product and sort of see through the WWE UK stuff, that they're going to be much, you know, he's going to have that kind of groundswell of hardcore support, which he's been really great at cultivating over the last few years. Yeah, and exactly. And also WWE UK might be uh, good, you know, to have a, a retainer and, you know, be earning money and also being able to work independence on the side. But also, you know, WWE isn't the be all and end all. And Red Pro has proven with Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. is a, a, a way to get into New Japan. So, you know, perhaps that's what he's hoping uh, will will maybe happen down the road for him. But, um, yeah, we'll wait and see on, on Brooks. And uh, moving on to the Defiant, I mean, they held their Road to Destruction show on the 28th of May at the Plug Nightclub in Sheffield. Uh, I, in, I attended this one live, really enjoyable show, but um, the main event was the main talking point here, a, a three-way for the internet championship between Zack Sabre Jr., Walter and Travis Banks. I mean, this was on another level to anything else on the card. Uh, Defiant released this match on their YouTube page for free, so definitely go out of your way to watch it. But, Ollie, I mean, mm. this could potentially be um, a match we see at Progress's Wembley show. How did you <laughs> find this uh, dress rehearsal at Defiant? Yeah, <laughs> I do enjoy that <laughs> previewing those matches. I, I don't think they'll probably go for a triple threat at Progress, but you, know, you never know. It's too early to start predicting that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought Walter came off incredible here. Again, like, I, this wasn't his first appearance in Defiant, but one of his first. Um, like, he's, he's still 
a kind of new, fresh thing there. And again, just he's able to just come into all these different promotions and just come off like the biggest star going. And, you know, mm. he wrestles that way as well. Like <laughs> He was almost having like an off night here because all he was doing was just for chops and that's all he needed to do to just get ridiculous reactions. Um, so, you know, <laughs> he probably, he worked hard, but like he's worked harder than this before, <laughs> but he was still getting the mental reactions. So that's how well Walter's doing right now is that he can just chop people around all day. And obviously having Sabre flying across the ring for you doesn't help, doesn't hurt either. Um, but yeah, a fun little match that I watched while I was eating my tea. <laughs> um, and yeah, Walter chopping people around all day is very, very fun. Um, and yeah, he's just conquering the world right now and conquering Defiant is a very cool thing for him. Um, they've sort of positioned that internet title as something for like the people, the not non-regulars, non-Defiant regulars, like not the, the Northern mm-hmm. crew, the NGW crew <laughs> fight over the, the main title. Whereas the internet title is just for people who like pop in and out. Um, and also it seemed like this was Travis Banks's final match as he did the sort of wave goodbye. Um, and Defiant might be on the, the WWE shit list, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I think they definitely much are. Um, I mean, JP, I mean, mm-hmm. Defiant and uh, What Culture Before Them have uh, had a bit of flack from fans, but uh, they seem mm-hmm. to be uh, putting on some decent shows as of late. They really do. Um, they've the last couple of shows I've seen with Defiant. It's it's a lot calmer. It feels a lot more sensible. The storylines are given room to breathe. Um, I I I've enjoyed watching their stuff. I mean, a lot of it isn't necessarily go out of your way must see, but mm. it's solid stuff. And I imagine was it live? It was an enjoyable experience from start to end, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was, and the atmosphere was really good. There were only about 200 to 250 people there, but it was, uh, yeah, the venue sort of like, it it looked really good with the crowd in there. It didn't look like a small-time show, do you know what I mean? Because the venue was so perfect fitting uh, that amount of people in. Yep. And I think, certainly for for this main event as well, um, like Ollie said, Walter kind of acted as the base in the middle, mm. which Banks and and Zach kind of worked to worked around him and and were kind of bumping off him as well. Um, the only thing I would say is 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 possibly it kind of would obviously lacks the gravitas of what these kind of this kind of match could mean if they did it at Wembley, and obviously that's a massive if 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 that's the case. Um, but. Walter did his stuff, comes across like the superstar that he is. And, and Ollie said it earlier, you know, he looks like he's trying to conquer the world this summer. Yeah. And yeah, good luck to him. I'm all in on that. Let Walter do it. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does seem to be appearing everywhere. I mean, he's uh, appearing like all over the US and certainly all over Europe. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see what his future holds because obviously you always hear these rumors about him going to WWE, but that, that seems like the furthest thing away currently. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see on Walter. And Defiant weren't the only promotion to run a show in Sheffield in the past few weeks. Progress held Chapter 71, Feeling Called Progress, on the 10th of June at the O2 Academy in Sheffield. I was I was at this one live as well, and it hasn't dropped on VOD just yet, but I'll just go through some of the notable happenings from the show. Um, the original main event was supposed to be Nixon slash Stephanie Newell, whatever she's going by these days, making a return to Progress to face off against Ginny for the Women's Championship. However, she injured her knee the day before at Download Festival, so she came out at the start, said it, it wasn't too serious, but serious enough to keep her from doing this show, and she announced her replacement as her tag team partner, Dakota Kai, and uh, 
Ginny and Dakota had a good match. I mean, lots of outside interference from Ginny's House of Couture partner, Chikara. I mean, I've uh, been a fan of Dakota since the days in New Zealand as Evie. Um, the atmosphere was slightly muted for this one. I don't think anyone thought for a second that Dakota was winning the title here, and of course she didn't, but decent match and uh, nice to see um, it main event of the show, and... Um, Another highlight for me was uh, Kid Lycos making his big return from injury. Chris Brooks uh, beat Angelico in a, a nothing match, really, and then after the match, uh, Brooks was attacked by Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Haskins, and this brought out Kid Lycos wearing his sling, and then he instantly tore it off. I mean, this was a great moment, and the crowd went crazy for uh, Lycos' return. I mean, um, so many more opportunities opening up Chris Brooks with Kid Lycos coming back here, really. Yeah, it's great for progress that they got uh, the big Lycos return, and now the floodgates have sort of opened. Like the day after on Twitter, you saw him getting booked everywhere, left, right, and center, <laughs> including uh, in the the World Tag League in WXW in October, which is cool for the both guys. Um, and yeah, it certainly freshens things up for progress a bit more. Like they were very hamstrung without Lycos, their tag division sort of fell into disrepute somewhat, as it was just endless. Sane, saney matches that weren't particularly interesting with Brooks and Lycos they can go on the pursuit again um, and obviously they're doing that tag team series which I'm not much of a fan of leading up to the Thunder Bastard at Wembley um, but you got to think they're favourites for that or Aussie Open um, any other thoughts? <laughs> No, I think, it, yeah, like you said, it does open up the tag division a, a lot more. And I think it, um, Chris Brooks has been kind of floundering as a single, so I think it gives him a lot more to do with Kid Lycos coming back. But um, another highlight from the show was uh, Jimmy Havoc facing off against Spike Trivet and Trevay rather in a death match. I mean, going mm. into this one, I wasn't expecting much from it. I mean, Spike Trevay is a fairly new face in progress. He's got a bit of a posh boy slash Tory boy gimmick going on. But he caught a fantastic promo at the start, throwing £60 at Jimmy Havoc, um, saying that was the money he was missing out on for not appearing at this year's Tournament of Death. And, I mean, um, I'm not the biggest deathmatch guy, but uh, Trevay Mordenelli's his own here against Havoc. I mean, he used lemons um, on the cut on Havoc's head, which is something uh, was quite wince-inducing, not seen before in a deathmatch. But the ending came after Trevay gave Havoc four unprotected chair shots to the head and pinned him. I mean... The match was pretty good, and Trevay certainly came out of this with another dimension to his character. I think a lot of the the fans had a lot more respect for him after this match, but chair shots like this really shouldn't be seen in promotions in 2018, JP. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Um, we know enough about CTE and and the, the long-term effect of concussions where this isn't just like, oh, it's a bit reckless. There are, you know, serious long-term effects that come about as a result of it, and unprotected chair shots. Um, it, 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 I don't know. For me, I had my time enjoying the kind of deathmatch stuff, and it's not really for me. And I've seen Jimmy Havoc have one at Riptide with Ginny just over a, 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 a week ago as well. And, you know, is he is he overexposing himself to just sort of doing these deathmatches within the UK? But regardless. Um, but about Spike Trevay, um, I'm completely with you on this. He, he, I think perhaps for the rest of this year will be about getting himself more established. Mm. I can see him being a re- he should be a real progress regular from this point onwards. He's got a really interesting character. And like you say, there's the kind of obvious political overtones as well, but the character's interesting in the sense that he kind of never quite says that he's a Tory. Yeah. But it's, left, <laughs> it's left for the crowd to kind of read into it. His promo ability is good. 
as um, if you ha- if you see him in a kind of straightforward match, and I saw him against um, Maverick Mayhew, it was really fun. Completely holds it together. He's not reinventing the wheel when he's wrestling, but he has certainly kind of picked up from when I last saw him in a in a match before before Riptide and. Um, and when I see this on on the VOD, where he had an opener at Alexandra Palace with um, Chuck Mambo, which was kind of fine but very standard yeah. as a match, and it appears to be that he's really developing. and And I'd imagine 2019 will be the the year for him. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, going into this one, I had, I wasn't that interested in the match, but coming out of it, um, Trevay certainly really impressed me. And uh, a couple more highlights before we move on. Um, was Walter and Jack Sexsmith against TK Cooper and Travis Banks, and um, this had a very convoluted stipulation. Uh, Jack and if Jack or Walter it pinned um, TK or Travis, then they they could have a title shot. But if the other team pinned them, then neither of uh, Walter or Jack Sexsmith could um, have a title shot again. So it was all a bit very confusing going mm. into it. And, uh, I mean, it really got going in sort of the last uh, last 10 minutes. And um, Jack and Walter both had the opportunity to pin um, TK at the same time. And Jack let uh, Walter pin TK. What was interesting for me for this one was how over Jack Sexsmith was with the crowd here, Ali. I mean, we've talked about him maybe not being as over in the north as he is in the south. But he was uh, one, he got the, one of the biggest elevations of the night. I mean, Sexsmith team, he's, he's sort of been to in a holding pattern but nice to see him having um, a bit more to do in progress here Ollie. Mm. well he's like the one progress character guy who's really gotten over beyond just like the character's shelf life <laughs> like he's gotten over as a wrestler you know as a performer and it's not just the character people are enjoying like they're enjoying him they're enjoying what he brings to the table and it is good stuff um it's just a shame that like he's stuck in this just non-existent progress main event scene like if you compare just the really focused, really enjoy- like exciting stuff that OTT are doing with Devlin, and then to just this mess. <laughs> like these are the guys who are supposedly the progress main event right now, um, but like Travis Banks is essentially just a comedy guy, uh, like playing up to that paper champion thing or like undeserving champion. You know, Walters just he. It feels like they're just holding off on his eventual title win, or if they're even going to give it to him. I'm just worried that the next three months before Wembley is just going to be like gimmicky matches like this mm. where it's over stipulated and it's all just, you know, postpone it, postpone it, postpone it to the next show and the next show until we can get to the match we actually want, which might be Walter versus Sabre Jr. at Wembley. Um, but I don't really know. That would be a hell of a way to do it, though, because obviously those are kind of the two biggest international names in Europe like out of Europe right now as well as Will Ospreay but he's already in there with Havoc which is a really good match to have and obviously Dunn versus Dragunov is a really really strong match Wembley's looking good for progress but getting there I worry that it's going to be you know a mess of stipulations if TK Cooper does this then he earns someone else a shot at the Atlas title which they lost a month ago and it's just you know stipulations flying thick and fast every which way (laughs) you can't keep track of it all yeah, um, this does seem to be overly mm. stipulated. I mean, the final highlight for me was uh, a match that I know um, was Danny Duggan taking on Mark Davis. I mean, uh, this one of the best matches on the show. Not seen much of Duggan before. I mean, he's been away at the New Japan Dojo in LA, but he really impressed me with this one. Uh, JP, has, has Danny Duggan been on your radar before? I saw him in. Uh, I mean, in the in the natural. Uh, I'm trying to think of who he defeated in the last round of the natural progression to get through. Was it Danny Jones? 
And that was when Eddie Dennis. Oh yeah, it came was that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and distracted him there. And I have to admit, he wasn't necessarily. He looked fine, but he wasn't didn't stand out um, in that way. But from what you have said, and from stuff that I I, I read about in the in the reports for the show, it appears to be someone who's really come on board. And apparently, he he really impressed over the LA Dojo as well. Um, so that's great. And if it's another good young talent who's got a fresh name, uh, a fresh face and kind of is a bit of an open book when it comes to the character. I'm kind of happy to see that and happy to see him develop. Um, I think it might be a stretch for him to actually defeat Mark Davis mm. for this. Cause I think for me, if you're thinking about Atlas champions for the future, um, if the belt is still viable by <laughs> that point, Mark Davis would be the one who for me would, would be there. And I'd, I'd still like to see the rematch between Davis and Walter as well at some point, if that was ever, ever to take place. Yeah. I think, uh, a lot of people are wanting that cause they seem to have, uh, forgotten about sort of like that Davis and Walter match that was mm. on, but, um, all in all a decent show. I mean, worth watching for the death match and, uh, and the reaction kid likes us comeback gets. And, um, Obviously, the first rounds of the WWE UK tournament were held over this past weekend at Download Festival, but uh, since the shows are coming up next week at Royal Albert Hall, we'll have a big WWE UK special next time around, and uh, that'll give us time uh, to talk about Strong Style Evolved UK at the end. I mean, these New Japan shows are held in conjunction with their usual UK partner, Red Pro, and uh, they're being held on the 30th of June and the 1st of July in Milton Keynes and Altrincham, respectively. Uh, the full lineup of matches were announced this week, and uh, we'll just go through some of the card here. I mean, Milton Keynes, you've got Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii for the British Tag Titles, uh, Walter against Yuji Nagata, Will Ospreay taking on Kanemaru, Chris Brooks against Yoshihashi, Tiger Mask against David Starr, Jay White, Toriyano and Ghetto taking on Taichi, El Desperado and... Takeshi Izuka, uh, Taiji Ishimori and Yujiro taking on Aussie Open and uh, Shota Amino taking on a yet-to-be-announced uh, opponent. And uh, Ollie, what was your thoughts on uh, the first night of this uh, Strong Style Evolved UK card as it was coming out yesterday? Yeah, well, this is the one I have tickets for right now. Um, and before I say anything, obviously it's a really, really good lineup, and <laughs> I think it's awesome for the, you know, 14... New Japan native guys as well as ZSJ and Osprey uh, are coming over. I mean, that's <laughs> that was almost unthinkable a couple of years ago. They had, I think, ten over for Global Wars 2015, um, which is pretty cool. But I think this is like an upgraded version of that. Um, I am disappointed though that Night One is inferior to Night Two. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, obviously, I think the, main, the way the main events have gone, I think that's like pretty much what i was expecting sort of the tag title on night one and the british title on night two um and obviously ono carter singles match in manchester is you know a very big deal as well so they've got sort of a double main event and we've only got one main event um which is why i'm considering doing manchester as well now (laughs) um (laughs) Mm. but i think also the undercard's a bit weaker maybe if the jay white chris brooks match had been on this show or the will osprey taichi match had been on this show rather than uh, a match we already we just saw in the super juniors I think that would have made this one a bit more palatable. And obviously Walter versus Yuji Nagata is a big one and better than the Walter match on night two. Um, so yeah, I, I can't say I'm too disappointed. 
Um, I'm still very, very excited to go to this, but now I'm also thinking <laughs> maybe I should go to Manchester as well. And maybe that's the point because the Manchester one is a bigger house, I believe. So they're going to try and get people to go to Manchester by loading that one up a bit more. Um, but I think people complaining about these cards saying, oh, you're expecting a, a full New Japan show. Like, what what were you possibly thinking? Like, this is a RevPro show. They're going to put the RevPro guys on it. And also that makes it more interesting anyway, other than rather than like four six-man tags that don't mean anything. Um, you know, we're getting the six-man tag treatment, um, like, lower down with the Azuka stuff, which would be fun, silly bullshit, <laughs> and I'm all up for it, but I couldn't imagine a whole card of that. I think these cards are really, really good, about as good as I was expecting, and obviously the main events, uh, I'm salivating over them, the, the tag team on night one, and then the, the singles pairing off on night two, I think that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you've uh, mentioned them, but uh, in Manchester, obviously, the big, the big, big matches there are Tomohiro Ishii against Minoru Suzuki for the British Heavyweight title. Uh, Kazuchika Okada taking on Zack Sabre Jr., a rematch of uh, an amazing match he had a couple of months ago. And uh, Will Ospreay v. Taichi, I mean, um, we've gone through the main highlights from Manchester and the full card of Milton Keynes. JP, I mean, um, you're off to Milton Keynes and uh, you're tempted by this Manchester card now. I booked tickets last night when I, <laughs> when I saw it for that, and it's and I, I'm bringing my kids childcare reasons. I've said, all right, okay, you'll go to Milton Keynes. I had to inform them. Oh, by the way, the next day you're going to Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> they complained, and I just sort of thought, I don't care. I want to see Ishii versus Suzuki, and for once, I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, I bought them enough Lego over the years to make. It. <laughs> so um, it sold me. Like and and rather like what Ollie said, you you know, I had the Milton Keynes tickets. Um, you know, there was that ticket for for uh, I had a ticket for Manchester as well, and I'm just thinking to myself, well, I have to go, so I had to get um, the ticket for Manchester. It sold me on that. Um, interesting. There's a kind of uh, tying on with something that, that that Ollie had said. There's a real sort of delineation whereby there are those people who are kind of unhappy about this. Doesn't feel like a full New Japan card. Um, and you're almost seeing the dividing lines being in place where there, you've got WWE UK and the affiliated promotions with them, whether it be ICW or Progress. You've got New Japan and and Rev Pro, obviously associated with them, who, who are doing the promotion for this. So there's the kind of dividing lines mm-hmm. of where people fall in the sand. Um, and I'm of the opinion that I can never see a situation where WWE are good guys. So I'm kind of all in on the new Japan side because they have better wrestling, frankly. Mm. And these shows are infinitely more interesting than those Royal Abbott Hall shows, I feel like. (laughs) And if people want to talk about it being overpriced, I mean, I got tickets for these for £20. And Mm. yeah, front row is 80 quid, but that's front row. Um, Whereas you look at, what was it, a starting price of 53 plus whatever the the excess uh, other charges on for the Royal Albert Hall. I know which one I'm going for. Um, well, the last time I was at Milton Keynes at that ice rink, it was um, for the What Culture uh, pay-per-view that they had, where the second rope broke during oh, the yeah. Osprey-Ricochet match, or the top rope broke. Um, so I'm just hoping that isn't some kind of jinx for the place <laughs> as well. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's got enough New Japan stars on it. It's also taking place in Britain, so you you want to have a few British stars there. And also the, the benefit of having a Brooks and an Aussie Open on these cards as well is imagine the opportunity, let's say, for Aussie Open to have um, you know a good match in front of 
New Japan management, and you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they could appear in Tag League at the end of the year. Mm. Obviously, I wouldn't be expecting them to win it, but at least it gets it gets them out there. And also, very rarely does the North get the big, big super shows. It always tends to be southeast yeah. and London centric. So I'm I'm kind of happy that that's the case because it's it's been about time that 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 sort of Manchester and and fans in the North get to go to the bigger show of the two in you know somewhere that's a bit more accessible. I mean, uh, you both touched on the controversy around these shows. I think fans were expecting a similar event to the Strong Style of All shows in America. I mean, obviously, these shows are missing Kenny Omega and the books, etc. But, I mean, two minds about it. I mean, people were promised the next amount of New Japan wrestlers, and they've gotten them. I mean, we knew ages ago the Elite weren't going to be at these shows. and um, But, I mean, but then Red Pro did state that this wouldn't be a versus show, and some of the, fat- some of the matches yeah, do feel that, like that something... Yeah, is a bad look for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is. That's I mean, a fair complaint. Yeah, I mean, some of the matches do feel like something you'd see at Global Wars. I mean, as you've just both noted there, the Ultram date is a much stronger card than Mill and Keynes, and tickets are quite expensive for inside £75. But I'm of the opinion that the lineups are good, and I feel Red Pro have delivered what they promised, and I feel this is a, a tester. You know, when they announced the... Um, the venues, I certainly didn't think we were getting a Kenny Omega against Okada in the altering of my arena. You know what I mean? This is just a, a tester, and then maybe we're going to get a bigger show next year. And But, I mean, Ollie, I mean, we've discussed the big matches on these cards. Is there anything that you, th- that you feel, obviously, because you watch a lot of New Japan, is there anything you feel on the uh, other two cards that people are, um, aren't looking at that could maybe uh, be, you know, a bit of a show stealer? Obviously, Walter's matches are very interesting. He's just come into Rev Pro. He said he wants to fight the Japanese talent. He's got no big names here, but who he has got is Yuji Nagata, who obviously runs the the New Japan Dojo in Japan. Um, you know, so that's I feel like it's a, sort of a test to um, you know introduce like to introduce Walter to a guy who can make decisions higher up in New Japan mm. or has a lot of sway in it. So that's certainly a big one and. You know, we all kind of laughed at him facing Yujiro Takahashi, who's, you know, the Bullet Club underling. Hasn't been pushed for years and years and years, but he has had good matches in the past, I will say that. Um, you know, I mean, he's, let's face it, he's facing Yujiro because he's going to beat Yujiro, and Yujiro's been earmarked as one of the guys they can beat. <laughs> they want Walter to look really impressive here, mm-hmm. so he's going to trash Yujiro. <laughs> like, he's not going to beat Okada, he's not going to beat Ishii, no. but he can he can smash Ujiro. So that'll definitely be something to look out for. And I also will just say about, um, you know, the main events and especially the Suzuki Ishii match. These are in canon New Japan matches. in yeah. So I think that is a big deal that people might be overlooking when they're complaining. This match got built up on their second biggest show of the year. You know, <laughs> they dedicated the whole match just to building up a match in the UK. So it's not getting the same treatment as the US shows. You know, it's not airing on world or anything. But it is still important in the New Japan canon. It, like those top matches mean something, definitely. And then the undercard is full of interesting stuff. And uh, I mean, we talked about him before. Danny Duggan's taking is taking on this to be announced wrestler, and there seems to be a to be announced wrestler on both nights. Uh, any ideas who this possibly could be, JP? Oh God, I was thinking about this. Um, Difficult to tell. I mean, I tell you who I would love. It probably it won't be because I think he's still out of commission. I, I love me some Kitamura. Um, if this was him, I'd I'd lose my I'd just lose my <laughs> shit. I won't lie. I'd absolutely lose it if that's the case. Um, but outside of that, my brain doesn't appear. To, it could be 
it could be so many. Um, I think it would have to be a New Japan regular at this point. That would be preferable. Hmm. I mean, any thoughts on you think it could be, Ollie? Do you think it's going to be a New Japan guy or a, a British guy just before we uh, hmm. round things up here? It has got me scratching my head a little bit. I don't really have any theories right now. Um, possibly Marty, I, but I don't know, because mm. who's he in against Night 2? Danny Duggan. So yeah, it's and not... Shoto Umino in yeah, the first so night. Yeah, so it's not... It could be, like, Kitamura is a fairly... Well, I was actually thinking uh, Kawato-san. You know, the, the oh, yeah. TMLL's uh, version of Hirai Kawato. That could be an idea, because it's, it's not... I don't think it's going to be a major name with those opponents. No. Kawato san I'm going to throw my hat into the ring with him. If I could add one thing about these lineups as well, unfortunately, I think it's given me this what will probably be a forlorn hope that Walter will be in the G1, <laughs> even against all logic. But I'm there going, please, God, let him be in there because I just give up work over that <laughs> and, just, and just sit down watching that because it would it would just be amazing to see him take part in it. But it yeah. won't happen. Yeah, maybe not the G1, but I'm sure this has got to be some kind of a tester for him, much like uh, a lot of the uh, English guys have done uh, at these Red Pro shows, uh, mm-hmm. taking on New Japan talent. But um, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Bushby01. You can follow Ollie at... Another Ollie. And uh, JP... Uh, JP JP three E's. So uh, thanks for joining us, JP, this week. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you, and yeah, re- really, really in, um, enjoyed chatting to you about about wrestling. And uh, where can people find your other shows? Uh, the other show I do, um, which is uh, with uh, Joe and Benno. Um, so it's it's uh, trying to fill Benno's very big shoes for <laughs> for, for this show this week. Um, you can find us at the Indie Corner. Um, where we, you know, it's, it's a quiet sedate podcast where we, you know, we, we never, we never lose our temper or anything yeah, else like Never that. any controversy. Um, no, wouldn't dream of it. Not like us at all. <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, uh, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, be sure to head over to postwrestling.com, check out all the rest of the shows. And of course, uh, Post Wrestling Forum, leave us your feedback for this week's show. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back on the 27th of June with a massive WWE UK special talking all the results from Download Festival and obviously the two big events uh, uh, that have happened at the Royal Albert Hall in London.